New Life. I'm Pastor David Kufall. And we are located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapatin, North Dakota. Um, very, a place that's almost in heaven. And so, um, praise the Lord. The Lord is good, and we just praise His holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, God is so good to us. Amen. Amen. Um, and I just want to say to those who are watching um, from home, here comes the lights. There we go. Here's the lights. Um, if you ever want to join us live in at our campus, we start at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning for church. And we would love to have you here. And on Thursday, if you've been enjoying the Bible study, um, I encourage you, if you live in Wapiton, I know there's several of you who do, that you would come and join us for the prayer time and the singing. You'll be so blessed as we've been going through the book of Revelation. And this week, we will be done with chapter 1. Because there's not le much left of chapter 1. Even if the Holy Spirit gets me going and I start preaching, there's not much left. And so we should be able to do that. And so then the rest of the month we'll start dealing with the seven churches. And that's going to be a fun thing. Amen. We've been finding a lot of encouragement in, for Christians in the book of Revelation. It is not just about the end times. There was a reason that Jesus had this book written for us. It was a, it's a blessing to the church if you come and you learn. And we have, um, we have kids club on Thursday night for the kids who come with their parents. So if you come and bring your children, we have kids clubs for them. So they will be in kids club. And uh, that will be a good thing as well. And um, our teachers are all excited about kids club. And... Uh, um, so that's wonderful. And our children's church just started brand new today. And as though we are just starting fresh. And so it's wonderful. Anyway, this morning I want to talk about it's a matter of the heart. We are going to continue this series as we are going through the book, uh, of the Sermon on the Mount. And we've been going, and of course we had Pentecost in there, so I did a Pentecostal message and we had um, some Memorial Day, so I did a Memorial Day message. But today, I want to get back to where we were in the Sermon on the Mount. And that's where our focus is going to be on Sunday mornings, um, unless there's something special going on um, through the summer. On uh, Father's Day, we have a treat. Uh, my friend and your friend, Missionary Joe, is going to be with us. And he is not going to do his normal Missionary Joe thing. And so um, we're in for a treat. He's not coming with a bunch of videos this year. Um, I have no idea what he's doing, um, but he does. And that's all that matters. And we have been blessing South American Call a lot this year. And um, before the year is up, we should have given South American Call near to... $10,000 in one fiscal, well, two fiscal years because it just switched. But it is so exciting. And I'm excited to go to camp meeting this year to find out where we are at in our missions giving with all the other churches in the region and for our size of a church. And so that's going to be exciting 
as well. Um, and so Brother Hooper says hello to everybody. By the way, he says he wanted me to express his love to everyone. He is one of the kids who grew up in our church, pastored in, the, in our great church um, for years in Fargo and elsewhere in Alaska and Montana. And so um, I'm, gonna, I'm hoping to get him so, here sometime to preach for us. I think it's the only way I can get him to come visit. But uh, he is definitely part of our church, he and Melody, but they are so, they've been so happy with the new grandbaby. Anyway, it's a matter of the heart. And listen, Jesus is, you're going to find today, you're going to look at the subject matter when I read it, how is he going to do this? Well, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount still speaks to us today. And in some ways, I have preached this in the past, way back in 1988 when I was... Um, wet behind the ears pastor and I would preach portions here and there and I remember preaching this section here and but it speaks to us more now than it ever has because of the day we live and then the other thing I was telling Lorraine is that out of all the years I've been here I've never had to go back to the basics because our church was so well discipled over the years and now we're to the point where I need to do the especially with you new folks who've come to us on our virtual campus and it's so important to me that you understand the full message of Jesus Christ and understand it's the message of the cross that will set you free not a bunch of Christian fads it's not psychology or psychiatry that's going to set you free. It is going to be the cross of Jesus Christ because Jesus' work on the cross was a finished work, but we have forgotten how to have faith in that finished work, and I want you to have faith in that finished work like we used to have in the church. We did. My word, this church, New life has so much faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And he says, I, we, we believed in the God who healeth thee. That when people used to come to church, they would come not feeling well. They wouldn't stay home when they were sick. They would come to church and walk across the door, the threshold of the church and be instantly healed. Nobody had to lay hands on them. Nobody had to pray. They just believed that God was going to heal them because they stood on faith and they showed up. Now, why? Because they believed in the message of the cross, that the, the cross was the finished work of Christ, that by his stripes we are healed. Great faith. And uh, it, it is wonderful to understand our history, but you know what? That's our history. We, as I said last week, we can't live in the past. We can have it now today more than ever. And I believe that God is going to be starting something in the church nationwide. And we'll see healing like we haven't seen in such a... And it's going to be completely different than back in the 50s and 60s or even in the 70s and 80s. Completely, It's not going to be because of some superstar preacher. It's all going to be because of the one who does it all, Jesus Christ. All right. Let's get into the word here, but first let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this message today. Touch all of us who are in listening to my voice today. 
Lord, anoint us to hear from you today and let this message get, find good soil in our hearts, Lord, so that it grows in our hearts and in our minds, that it becomes so real in our hearts that we can live for you each and every day and we can share the good news that Jesus saves with someone. Lord, just getting your word into us will help us to rediscover your grace and your forgiveness. That, that we need to have that show others that same grace, that same forgiveness, and not allow ourselves to be so easily offended today, Lord. But Lord, that we can go ahead and even be able to disagree on certain things and still love one another. That we won't have to cancel one another because we don't agree on little things. Because that's where it seems like everybody's blowing up is on all the little things. And so, Lord Jesus, I just thank you and praise you that we can be a gracious place, a forgiving place. So th dumb things that people did while they were kids, Lord, they don't get canceled now because they're adults. That we can forgive them because they say, well, I was stupid and forgive me for doing that dumb thing or saying that dumb thing. And Lord, help us to forgive like we once did as a nation. Because Lord, you forgave us so much. We, according to your gospel, because we've been forgiven much, we need to forgive others as well. We praise you for this and we thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to Matthew 5 and start verse 27. Jesus says, You have heard. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you who, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Hmm. Well, everybody's thinking here, well, okay, let's go, Pastor. We understand that. We've read that for a lot of times. But let's first understand this. The lust of this life will only get us in trouble. That's what Jesus is alluding to here. The lust of this life will only get us in trouble. What does lust here mean? What does the word lust here mean? Well, it means these several things. To set the heart upon. To long for. Rightfully or otherwise. Hmm. To covet. To desire, here's a way of using the word, to lust after. That's what the word lust here, when I looked it up, means, and it breaks down. I think that's a, interesting. To lust, the lust of life here is to long for rightfully or otherwise. Who should we be, who should be, what or who should we be desiring most of all in our lives? It should be Jesus Christ. 
What should we? And His Word. Anything outside of His Word in Jesus, well, we better make sure it's the right. I mean, I, we could, I, I, you know, it, I, it could even be ministry stuff that we get our heads in the wrong direction. And I kind of believe that's what's happened to the church in the last 20 years. We've gotten so caught up in numbers and say, look at me, look at how much, look how much money I'm bringing in and look at the numbers I have. We forgot that we're supposed to be looking to Jesus Christ. How many people are getting saved? How many people are growing in Christ? How many people understand the Word of God? How many people are living by the Word of God? That should have been more important. And you know what? That's what's happening in the church today. People are, this, you know, COVID taught us something. Numbers is not, are not that important. I could look at our numbers that we get online and I could get real vain about those numbers. Some days they're really up. There's some weeks, it's because of our online numbers, there was one point during COVID with our online numbers, we were the largest church in the NCR. That's the North Central region. The problem is, I didn't get to sit down with Hal, who was online someplace else. And the biggest problem I have is still not getting to know you there. I want to get to know you who are at home or on your fishing boat or in your tent this morning or sitting at the picnic table, wherever you're at. Because what Jesus taught is that Christians need to interconnect. We need to connect with one another. Why? Because life is tough. Life is hard. And see, when all we are focused on is, see, if I got myself just focused on numbers, we, who needs to worry about connection? Except, wait a second, connections makes my church grow, and because the church grows, I can have more numbers. So am I connecting correctly? Or am I just going with the latest fads to connect my church to grow my church? If it's not based on the Word of God or on Jesus Christ and Him crucified, then we're, then we're looking in all the wrong directions. We need to grow the church the way God told us to grow the church, and that's one soul at a time. Getting, making those. This is the connection we need to make. Making connections with those who aren't saved and telling them about and getting their confidence to tell them about Jesus and to love them into the kingdom. In fact, connections were so important to the early church that you could not, we're having communion today, you could not join the church or take communion right away even if you got saved. Why? Because they had to make sure you weren't a spy coming into the church. And so they were so connected that they would assign you when you got saved to a a family who knew the Word of God in the church, and they would assign you to that family, and you would have to go to their house for dinner. Talk about connection. They would train you in the things of God. They would start teaching you what the Bible says, and they would bring you to church, and you would come to church, but there was a moment in church where you were dismissed because now we're going to have, have communion, and you were dismissed from church. This is in the early days of the church when the church were being fed to the lions. You know, if you're getting fed to lions, right, um, you, you probably want to take some stances to make sure that the church 
church members are going to be okay, right? When that family came to the pastor and said, Pastor, they are now ready. They would be accepted into full fellowship and they would be allowed to take communion with everybody else and you knew you were right, but you grew in Christ and they saw fruit in your life. Talk about connections in the early days. See, and we got away from that for, for some time in the early 2000s, making sure our connections were right kind of connections, not just because doing feel-good things. We got so caught up in feel-good things. You know, I don't have a problem with the guy who, the church the other day because it was so hot. Uh, they went ahead and bought a bunch of water and he was passing out water bottles. But if we're just doing feel-good things, passing out water bottles, but not telling them about Jesus and how to get saved, what good does it do? And that's where we got so caught up in doing good works that we forgot the greatest work was telling them about Jesus and making disciples. See, we can even lust in the wrong way when we're thinking we're doing God's work. Now, in this verse, however, Jesus is using lust with, by saying it is to look with intense sexual desire. So it's not just walking down the street, Alvin, and you're walking down the street and, 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 and you see a pretty girl and you think to yourself, boy, she's a pretty girl. That's not what Jesus is talking about. It is looking at that girl and you've undressed her and everything else. Right? Alvin doesn't wouldn't do that because he's got such a beautiful wife at home. Right? <laughs> he's been happily married for a hundred years now. Well, it's not a hundred years, but it's getting closer. I wonder if Alvin's thinking to himself, if only I could live that long. I don't know if we would want to. Would, would he? I don't know. To be with Jesus is all that really matters. So I don't care if it's lust of power, lust for money, or lust for sex. Lust, it will only lead to sin and pride. The Lord addresses the root of sin, which is an evil heart, and the cross is the only answer. Did you notice that Jesus said it's done in the heart? See, that's the problem. We need to make sure that our heart has been redeemed by the blood of of the Lamb. And then Jesus talks about our, so that was our thought life. Now he talks about our actions. Listen to this part. Um, verse 29. If you're right, I causes you sin. Pluck it out. And cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that your, one of your members perish than your whole body to be cast into hell. And verse 30. And if your right hand causes you to sin... Cast it off and cast it from you for it's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Hmm. Now, as we've learned, 
the Lord's method of teaching was symbolic at times and figurative. The Lord does not intend for his statement to be taken literally here. He doesn't want you gouging your eye out and cutting your hand off. He's making a point here to get our attention. He liked to do that a lot, didn't he? As Jesus has already explained, the offense is not the eye, nor is it the hand, but instead it's the heart. Because get this straight, even a blind man can lust. Come on. Now remember what Paul teaches us. Paul went ahead and went off with what Jesus says here. He said the lust of the flesh is at war with the spirit. Galatians 5.17, and she's going to put that up there for you. For the, lust, the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. There you go. There's your problem. That's why you get yourself in trouble. This is why you get yourself into sin. This is why you, you, you kick yourself later on and go, Lord, how did I do that? Why did I do that? I got somebody I'm praying for. He's going to get victory. He's going to get victory. Why? Because this is what's happening. Part of him is warring with his flesh, saying, I don't want to do this anymore because I don't want to get sick anymore. You know what I mean? But I still do it. Why am I doing it? Because of what Paul describes here in Galatians 5.17. But the only way you can overcome this is allow the work of the cross to subdue it. How do we know that? Galatians 2.20. Everybody should memorize this verse here. It's not hard to memorize. I've tried to memorize before. Do it to make it into a song. It makes it really easy. Okay, Galatians um, 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. That's when you got saved. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Paul said very clearly in Romans, do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. It just frustrates. And then he teaches us on grace. <laughs> but then he gets to chapter 6 of Romans after he teaches on grace. Shall we continue to sin then that grace may abound? What does he say? God forbid. So how do we overcome sin and troubles and addictions? It's by way of the cross if we would realize that when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant it. Here's the thing that we've forgotten. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just to get us forgiveness and get us into heaven. He carried all of our sins. He carried all of our griefs. He carried all of our sickness and disease. And he carried all of our addictions as well. That's a, quite a load most people would suffer a long time on the cross before they... That's why Pilate ordered to have the men's legs broken so that they would be dead before sunset instead of lingering for the next couple of days. Got to Jesus, he was already dead, but 
The difference between Jesus and the other two, he gave up his spirit. The Father loves me, Jesus says in, in John 10, because I lay down my life for the sheep and I take it up again. He was alluding to when I'm on the cross, I'm, there's going to be a point when the Holy Spirit tells me it's done and, and, and I'm just going to say, Father, into your, into your hands I commend my spirit. Remember him saying that? And then he gave up the ghost. He just laid down his life and let it go. It was on the Holy Spirit's call and Jesus said, okay, it's done. It is finished. We used to sing special in church years ago. It is finished. The battle is over. It is finished. There'll be no more war. It is finished. Right? And we used to, oh, we used to worship and pray during that song. And it was so real to us. We need to get back to those days. For Jesus is Lord. Come on. And then he speaks to our commitments, and boy, we need this more than ever. And it's not, don't just think that it's just about marriage here when we start reading this. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, this is talk about commitment. See, Jesus took things that we could understand to speak not just to these things, but the bigger things. You know, he, he spoke, my people are like sheep. And he would point to the sheep over there. Right? So here's what he says here. Where am I? Oh, there we are. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. That's how easy it was back then. The, Hal would decide he was going to divorce his wife. He'd just write out her a certificate. I divorce you. Go home to your dad. Signed, Hal. Here. What? No judge. No pain on his part. You know, he might have got a rolling pin over the head, but uh, <clears throat> that was just it, and she was stuck with it. That's how easy it was back. You know, we talk about easy divorce today, no-fault divorce. It, it, it was, that's how easy it was back in Jesus' day. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again, that's if she's been divorced be, not because of sexual immorality. And Paul goes into it as desert, if she's saved and he's not saved and he deserts her, uh, that's allowable as well. Jesus was very clear later on in Matthew 9 that it was all because of sexual immorality, fornication, adultery, those kind of things. All of a sudden, finding out your husband's gay, or <laughs> well, it happens today, doesn't it? Let's be real. We live in a different day. We live like well, actually, we live in a day that's more like the days when Paul was ministering. So let's face it, and, and, and Paul just worked to get people saved because if you get somebody saved, their heart changes. If their heart changes, their life is right with God. You know, we don't need to be judging people so harshly and beating them over the head. 
We need to be focused on getting them saved. Amen? But we are way too casual with our commitments today. It, it, it's just the way it is. Just look at the divorce rate. Look, look at the way people treat church today. Look, look at the way politicians treat their promises today. I was told my school loans were going to be forgiven. Well, guess what? They're not being forgiven because, nope, I've changed my mind on that. That's what, that, that's what politicians do, and I, and I am not upset about it. I'm not going to wig out about it. I'm not going to say I've got to cancel somebody over it. It's just, I just know what comes out of a politician's mouth, if they keep maybe 5% of what they say, we're pretty well off, right? That's just how it is, politics. That's why I don't look to politics to get me into heaven. <laughs> I look to Jesus to get me into heaven, Amen. Right? My word. Politicians have been disappointing us forever. And, and some of you remember, even F, the great FDR, some of you were alive, but, well, maybe not. You know, Truman, even from Truman's day, even he disappointed us. Right? Truman, President Kennedy, he, 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 didn't, he wasn't perfect. There's not a better politician who's been perfect. Only Jesus has been perfect, and he's king of kings and lord of lords, and I'm so glad he's in charge and not me. Right? And so we can't beat each other up because, oh my word, what would Paul write? He was be writing to us. All right, there's some in the church who says, I am of the Republican. And there's some of the church who say, I am of the Democrats. And you'd have someone in the church saying, I'm an independent. Oh. And then you'd have that one guy in the back going, I'm a libertarian. And we'd be all, my word, you know, we should all be able to come to church together and love Jesus and praise the Lord anyhow and let God straighten us out. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. And we know there's problems in our country. We know instead of... We need to be praying about those problems and asking God to touch our nation. But even companies. Have you been dealing with companies lately? They've even forgotten about being loyal and building loyalty. Years ago, I worked for Sears. Sears was a great company to work for. My word, good health benefits, good, good retirement, um, the, the, the benefits and that package for, for you worked there for a year and with all the holidays you got paid for and you could and if you had to work a holiday you got a day off for that holiday anyway you ended up having three weeks worth of vacation so if you lived up here and you wanted to go hunting you were guaranteed you could go hunting you know and still take your family on a vacation and the longer you worked there the more days you incurred it was a great company, and, and, and they took care of their people. And they were, when I was working for them, the biggest thing they told us is keep building loyalty with our customers. Keep lo building loyalty with our customers. And then the company got taken over. And they've forgotten what Sears was built on. Loyalty. And where is Sears today? It's gone. And how sad is that?
So when I'm negotiating with cable companies and television companies, I remind them about loyalty and, and that's why I usually get a better rate than most people do because I just remind them about loyalty and they tell me I'm right and they want to do things to keep me in the fold. Jesus is committed to us. So much is His commitment that He died on the cross for us. So here's the gist of the whole message today. If you don't know Jesus, get committed to Him today. Amen? Ask Jesus into your heart. Make sure that the one who is so committed to you to die on the cross that you are committed to Him. And, and be more concerned about getting His Word into your heart. And, and getting to know Jesus becomes a priority to you. Because here at New Life, we believe in making disciples. And the first step in making disciples is to make sure you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you'd like to know Jesus today, just say this simple prayer. This prayer is not a magical formula. The prayer is not what saves you. It's believing in who you are praying to. So pray with me today. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I commit my life to you. I make a decision today to make you my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me all of my sins and the, the mess I've made of my life. And Jesus, thank you for setting me free from all of my addictions. Help me, Lord, to seek you each and every day. Amen. If you meant that prayer and you said that prayer with me today, welcome to the family of God. I want to do something for you and I forgot to bring it out of my office. I have a free gift for you. I was going to hold up. I have a movie for you. And I want to give it to you for absolutely free. Anybody who watches us online um, or on YouTube, you can have one of these. I have a movie for you. It's The Life of Jesus. So you can get to know Jesus all out of the, it's all the words, everything is based on the book of Luke. It's the Jesus movie. It's the most distributed movie about Jesus' life ever. And I was going to have it here, hold it up and say, this is for you, free of charge, that's all. The only way you can get it though, is you got to make a connection. You need to go and either there on Facebook in the comments, leave us your name, your address, so we can get it to you. But if you don't want to leave your address there, Go to our website, it's right above my head. YouTube is someplace, but right above my head, you see our website there. Go to there, if you want it all where nobody else sees your stuff, go right to where the email button is, press that, just say, hey, um, I'd like to have a movie. And if you wanna even tell me you got saved today, that would be great too. So it's anybody who watches us can have this movie for free and we will mail it to you free of charge. My, I haven't talked to my treasurer about this, but this is money that I want to spend on you. And uh, see, I'm not even asking. 
if you want to give, there's a link on, on the website to um, Tithely, and it's really simple. You'll like it. It's very, very secure. But that's not the point. I want you to have something from us to say we love you, especially for all of you that have been watching for so long. There's some of you who've been watching us all the way through the pandemic, and we just love you. And I know some of the churches up in Canada aren't open yet, and so we love you up in Canada, and especially you guys, if you want, just let us know. We will mail it even to Canada, even though it costs us more to get it there to you. And Uncle Leon, it might take three months, not because of us, it's the mail service up. He, Judy sent him something to her brother the other day, and it took weeks to get there, but it, we promise we'll send it to you. And so um, if I had a carrier pigeon that we could train, it would get there faster right now. But um, anyway, we love you, and we're so glad that each one of you joins us every week. Um, and listen, if you've been enjoying our Sunday morning services and you've been joining us on YouTube, just go to our Facebook page for th on Thursday nights. Like our Facebook page. What is it again, our Facebook page? Wapitan New Life, right? Wapitan New Life on Facebook. Like us there, and then um, you'll get notification that we are starting our Bible study on Thursday night. And so that's all you have to do is like us. We don't get anything beyond just that you liked us. And if, when you like us, we go, we like you too. So anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. We're so glad you enjoyed us. Anyway, this is Pastor David Kufal. This has been New Life. And we are located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapaton, North Dakota. Now the rest of us, remember, we're going to be starting communion here um, as soon as the lights go off.